0: let's get started. I'm pretty darn proud of the fact that I have released 100 episodes with all sorts of entrepreneurs with the goal to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world by educating and inspiring the next generation of entrepreneurs. I know that might sound like a bold, almost crazy goal, but if you're going to do something I feel it might as well be a little bit bold and crazy. I mean, come on, this is a podcast about being an entrepreneur. On the surface, podcast does not seem like a bold and crazy endeavor. What is bold and crazy is continue to do it week after week to improve oneself in the art of conversation, networking, and acquiring wisdom. That's what I've gotten out of these interviews. And I wanted to do this bonus episode to tell you what I've learned. But before we do that, let me tell you about how all of this got started. A little bit of background. The Entrepreneur Ethos podcast was inspired by the book of the same name that I published in 2017. That book, in turn, was inspired by two events that changed the course of my life forever. Meeting a girl and getting accepted into an accelerator because of said girl. The girl was my late wife Jane, and the accelerator was 500 Startups. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll hear me talk a lot about Jane. She died on April 3rd, 2017, at the young age of 36 from leukemia. What I don't talk about often is how she inspired the book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, and how she helped my company, Lab Sensor Solutions, get into batch 14 of 500 startups, both of which are relevant to what I have learned from interviewing 100 entrepreneurs for this podcast. Let me explain. We have the same last name. Jane's maiden name is Yin. Thus the why in her company, J.S.Y. PR and Marketing. She was a master networker. And when she heard one day me talking about 500 startups, she quickly did some research and found another yin that worked there. Elizabeth Yin, to be exact. she's now runs the Hustle Fund. I don't know how unique the name Yin is, but for reasons I still don't fully understand, Jane contacted Elizabeth, and they had coffee. During the conversation, Jane brought up Lab Center Solutions, and with a couple, within a couple of weeks, I had my own meeting with Elizabeth at the Mountain View office of 500 Startups. Let me pause here for a second, because this is the first of many actionable insights that I'm going to share with you. This one you won't hear on any of the 100 episodes I've done because it's from Jane. So Jane's Insights. Find a connection. Any connection to someone you want to meet and reach out respectfully. Don't, don't annoy them, <laughs> but add value to the interaction and always follow up. So long story short, Elizabeth. Introduce me to Marvin Liao. He's in episode six, who at the time was running the San Francisco accelerator program. And then over the next three days, I talked to Ed, Pete, and Andrea. And by the fifth day of all this stuff, we got in. This leads to another insight, which you probably won't hear as well, but it's one from me. Be prepared for an opportunity when it comes to you. practice, giving your demo or pitch until it's second nature. Always be ready to say yes to a meeting. It's amazing what happens when you're prepared to take advantage of an opportunity. Mix in a little luck, and that's what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And that story is exactly what happens a lot of times. So how the entrepreneur ethos was born. Our 500 Startups batch, batch 14, had about 30 companies in it. As a team, Lab Center Solutions was on the older side. I'm pretty sure that our CEO, Jeff, was the oldest batch member at like 65. Let's just say we had a lot of battle scars and gray hair. <laughs> For whatever reason, we'd get asked a lot of questions from startups, some of the younger teams, and first-time founders. And After a couple of weeks of this, Jane actually encouraged me to start interviewing people That, my friends, is how the book got started. And then three years after the book was published, boom, the podcast, right? Of course, (laughs) there's a lot of work in between, but that's sort of the, the gist of how this all came about. So thanks, Jane, for that. Collection and organization of these actionable insights. When I was looking back at all the show notes from all the interviews, it was daunting to figure out the themes and how to organize them all. Thankfully, in my talent stack is the capability to use machine learning, specifically topic analysis, to figure out the themes for me. Well, I mean, not exactly for me, since there are several limitations on topic analysis, especially for this kind of thing, because I don't have a lot of data, right? But for this type of analysis, what I wanted to do was reduce down as much of the relevant text as I could. And the text I chose to look at was the actions to try, advice to take that each interview has in its show notes. All told, there was about 500 bullet points from these 100 episodes. I actually now changed actions to try and advice to take to actionable insights, actually based on all the feedback from you guys. Reduction via machine learning and topic analysis. So after I compiled all these 500 actions, right, I ran it through Amazon's Comprehend Topic Analysis tool. And this process pulled out like 20, 30 topics, right? And I looked at these topics to figure out like how everything was aligned. And all of that stuff now kind of reduced everything down to about 250s, which is really great, right? And then so from there, I kind of went through and tried to categorize them all down to like 27 actionable insights, the ones you're about to hear. I won't go through the process uh, because it's a little more subjective than objective, but I'm proud of this list, and I think it really does reflect the 100 episodes I've done. And so one more thing before we dive into all this, after each one of these insights, I'll also give you the episode or episodes that I feel does a best job of explaining the insight. I hope you enjoy what you're about to hear. The 27 actionable insights I learned from interviewing 100 entrepreneurs. Insight number one, a startup's default is failure. I first heard this from Marvin Liao's interview and is ringed true with everyone I have talked to. It's not that everyone was negative negative, excuse me, about the chance of failure. It's that a startup is so hard that I mean the odds are against you, right? This idea is why the first tenet of the entrepreneur ethos is failure is an option, but never the end result. Yes, you will probably fail more often than not, but you always give it your best and eventually. Things will happen. And the best episode for this is episode six with Marvin on how to sharpen your axe. Insight number two, take care of yourself to stay creative. Creativity is an important part of being an entrepreneur. Protecting your well of creativity has a lot to do with taking care of your mind, your body, and your spirit. All three of those things are intermingled. If you're working too much or too stressed out, ideas will actually be hard to come by. Most guests have had a daily routine of either meditation or exercise or reflection, keeps them centered and allows the creative juices to flow. Angie in episode seven, as well as Leslie in episode four, does a great job of explaining the importance of taking care of yourself to be more creative. Insight number three, the answer is not in the building. Several of my guests talk about how they had to hit the streets to validate their idea. Not literally, you know what I mean. This theme of getting out in the world and talking to potential customers is an important aspect of being an entrepreneur. I personally try to schedule this type of thing so I can do it. I mean, for me, the proverbial not-in-the-building kind of thing happens to be this podcast. For you, it might be handling customer service calls or attending a virtual or hopefully soon live event. Kyrie's episode eight takes this to this stream, and his story of how he got a Guinness World Record is really inspiring. Insight number four, what you say matters more than you think. Words matter. As a leader boss, what you say will ripple through an organization like a stone thrown into a still lake. Don't use words you don't want to be repeated. Constantly think about how your words will be heard. The key difference is not what you say, but what people hear. Context is important as well. Strive for clarity no matter the situation. Episode 13 with Kevin and our discussion of the water you swim in as it relates to culture is a really good example of this. Insight number five, configure rather than customize. Think of your product or service as something configurable as opposed to doing one-off customizations for customers. This is especially important for B2B companies that usually... Land these huge massive corporate customers and that will treat you like an extended development team and suck all your resources to customize your offering specifically for them. So be wary of that. Gregory's episode 25 is a wonderful one to listen to as he talks about how he scaled his real estate management software company and learned this one the hard way. Number six, cultivate a vision of where you're going. It's important for so many reasons to have a clear, concise, and compelling vision of where you want your company to go. As a founder or CEO of a company, this is the single biggest value you can contribute. Without a clear, concise, and compelling vision, you'll waste time, money, and effort. Spend more time and effort than you think you should on this. I'd say it should be a daily meditation or at least a weekly reflection. The other piece of advice would be to communicate more often than you think. Episode 18 with Amy on The Perfect Fit, as well as episode 29 with Jennifer on Cultivating a Vision will be a good place to start. Number seven, the best story wins. We all think that our awesome technology will win the day, and usually, eh, it doesn't. Of course, you'll need the tech to work, but my guests have regularly told me that it's the story about your vision and company that makes a difference. No amount of technology can compensate for a badly written and or told story. Tom's episode 26, Tim's episode 69, and Chris's episode 50 are masterclasses in the power of story. In particular, Tom's idea of making them care is what every single brand should strive for. Number eight, take luck over skill. The amount of luck that has played in the success of those I've interviewed seems like it's almost made up. (laughs) The truth is, Most of those I've interviewed have a healthy respect for luck and would take being lucky over having a skill pretty much 10 to 1. I'm in that camp as well because it's luck that allows you to use the skills you have, right? Without luck, like, no amount of skills really matter, I think. So how do you make luck, right? That's easier than you might think. Luck is about the opportunity, So if you create more opportunity, then you create more luck. Ben's episode 24 about learning every day is one to check out on this. Number nine, have an abundance mindset. Instead of a scarcity mindset, which is the belief there's a finite amount to go around, adopt an abundance mindset where there's an infinite amount of opportunity. This seems to be another universal I have observed with my guests. They have an attitude that they want to create more instead of dividing up what's already there. Of course, the opposite of abundance is scarcity. And when driven by the scarcity mindset, it's always about getting yours as opposed to expanding the pie or creating more stuff, right? I'd say the best episode for this would be Joanna's episode 23 about not afraid to fail. Her attitude about sharing her knowledge by writing books is spot on about the abundance mindset. Number 10, love the journey, not the rewards. Startups take forever to be successful. All of those overnight successes, quote unquote, took way more overnights than most will admit. Enjoy the ride. And don't worry too much about the trappings of success. It's fleeting and honestly may not come. Several of the entrepreneurs I've interviewed have had their successes come from a quote-unquote failure that taught them the right product to build. A lot of that was like just timing and just due to the luck of it all, right? Richard's episode 22 is a great example of this as well as Amupam's episode 21. Number 11, steal good ideas. Look for good ideas to steal in other places that you can apply to your market. These ideas can be found in any market, can be almost applied to any other market. I mean, within reason, right? This is especially true for industries that are technology laggards, right? Like healthcare and governments. Several of the entrepreneurs I interviewed told me that their knowledge in one area as an example sass right they're applying to healthcare, which is digital health right and you know okay what i mean by stealing okay is not someone's actual product or service but the concept or the idea this whole steal like an artist of course can be controversial but if you have an abundance mindset you soon realize that ideas are actually worthless without the execution of the idea. So, of course, take it with a grain of salt. You know what I mean. Don't quote-unquote steal, but you get the idea. Episode 34 with Nadine, episode 37 with Rio, episode 38 with Mark, all talk about the creative process and, more importantly, how a good idea, how you can find a good idea and then make it your own. Number 12, finding a co-founder is like finding a spouse. A lot of my guests talk about the challenges and struggles they had with co-founders. The best advice they gave was to take it as seriously as finding a spouse. What that means is they looked for the intangibles that make being with them uplifting and pleasant as opposed to, say, technical prowess or sales prowess. This was important for finding a tech co-founder, as an example, since they tend to be, you know, hard for some of the non-tech co-founders to evaluate and find. Some of my guests even had a spouse as a co-founder. John's episode 35 had a good discussion about this. If you want to hear about what it's like to found a company with your spouse, then check out episode 21 with Anupam and episode 32 with Dillip. Number 13. Future sales come from quote-unquote existing customers. Sales always seems to be a sore spot for entrepreneurs. I'd say almost everyone I interviewed had some sort of heartburn over sales. I'm included in this group because I'm not the biggest fan of selling, but over time I have actually learned to embrace it. You'll notice that existing is in quotes. The reason being that your current customers will be the best source of new customers. I heard a lot of this from entrepreneurs who were starting to get product market fit on the road to go full to market. So, what they did was they looked at their existing customers and then let's go find some more like that, right? That's what that means. One of the best discussions about this idea was in episode 54 with Jerry. When we talk about don't sell, solve problems number 14 keep it sesame street simple startups are complex and only get more complex as time goes on almost everyone i interviewed was always trying to simplify simplify and simplify some more this is easier said than done especially if it's something technical what seems to be a theme on this is that the curse of knowledge is more of a curse of assumptions It can derail even the most diligent entrepreneur. I think this is best summed up that if you can't explain it to your grandmother, then it's too complex. This concept is also about telling a good story as well. We talked about this a little bit in insight number seven. This idea of keeping it simple applies to stories as well. So Manu's episode 47 on do one thing well is actually a really good example of this. Number 15, be of service. Service was a big component of all my interviews. Service to one's employees, market, and fellow entrepreneurs. This seems to be ingrained in the job since it's such a hard thing to be a success at. This difficulty naturally leads to asking for and offering up help. I mean, you need help. This is You can't never hardly ever do this alone, right? I always like to say that this job is so hard that you could and should literally scream from the top of the mountain that you're, what you're doing and who might be able to help you. Again, this is more of an abundance mindset as well. Episode 45 with Roy it's a great example of being of service and trying to find the best way to help. Number 16, stay aligned with your why. Your why is the internal reason you do what you do. This should transcend all external motivations like fame, fortune, and prestige. Lots of my guests had a strong internal why as to the purpose for creating their company or for what they do. As fame, fortune, and prestige came to them, it got harder and harder to stay aligned. Almost all those external things focused them away from their why and they actually regretted it. So the insight here is don't forget why you started the company in the first place. Episode 56 with Ash, episode 53 with Philip P., and episode 66 with Lee are all good places to start on this one. Number 17. Curiosity is an antidote to fear. Entrepreneurs are naturally curious, and it seems to counteract fear. Specifically, Fear of the unknown. As I always like to say, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you need to be comfortable being a little uncomfortable. This comfort level is derived from having a curious mind that can handle the zigs and zags of business, life, and entrepreneurship. Being curious also allows you to remove yourself from the emotion of a problem and focus on the problem, right? The problem's the problem. You're not the problem. Remember, the problem's the problem. A great episode to listen about this is episode 78 with Nier. Insight number 18. Sales is not a four-letter word. Sales is a number game. Don't take it personally, and no matter how much you hate it, quote-unquote, learn to do it. Your job as an entrepreneur is to sell your ideas to folks who are happy with the status quo. And don't get me wrong. This is much easier said than done. As the founder or CEO of a startup, you are the first salesperson. If you can't sell to your customers, then no one can. Again, learning this is hard to do. And I have a ton of respect for anyone who can sell anything. It is an absolutely hard job, but it is super critical to a company's success. I say it's probably more important than any feature or function of a product or service. Just so you know, (laughs) I'm really bad at this, right? Makes me squirm too. And it feels so bad when I have to do it. But I have to. I just, you have to do it, right? Stan's thoughts on sales in episode 62 are practical and also make it more accessible. Jan's thoughts in episode 75 are also great. Number 19, don't give up. The majority of folks I interviewed had a story or two about how they kept at it as little longer than they thought, and bingo, the company turned around. And in some cases, it was like down to a day. It's been my experience that most founders quit too early or underestimate how long development or the sales cycle will take. Well, there are no hard, fast rules on when to give up. I'd say that pushing a little harder than when you think you should quit is advisable. Actually, one of my old bosses used to say, never let money get in the way of progress. Or the other one was, I never gave up too soon. There are so many great episodes about this not giving up thing and stick it out. But episode 60 with Michelle is the best one to 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 listen to Michelle has been traveling all around the country in an RV to capture all the stories about all these entrepreneurs and how they're coping with COVID-19 it's really awesome insight number 20 no one has all the answers a universal truth that you will never be 100% sure of anything when it comes to your business that's just gonna happen don't don't Accept that. (laughs) The challenge, right, is to make educated guesses that will move your company forward. Waiting for the perfect information will always fail since there's always another competitor that will take a risk on imperfect information. And this is the other thing. It's super hard to do this sometimes because you want more and more information, right? The trick, it seems, right, and what everyone's told me is to make your best guess, given the information you have at hand, but also be flexible to change your mind. Episode 61 with Jared and episode 65 with Nicole give some great insights into doing just that. Number 21, take your time, but hurry up. Startups are all about speed. This speed is a primary reason they crush big companies. It can come at the expense of risk and sometimes speed kills, right? A lot of my guests have have a sense of urgency, but not a sense of panic on this. This means that they push forward at a pace that maximizes progress, progress, right, while attempting to minimize bugs. This is a delicate balance act, right? And it's bitten some of my guests when they've gone too quick and... Things just blew up, right? And some of them had to actually shut their company down. So obviously you want to take your time to do it right, but you want to go as fast as you can, right? Episode 77 with Sam on how it's important to start something is insightful on this because he's been doing this for a long time and he literally had a company that would build products for people. So it's a really good one. Insight 22, there's always value in honesty. The truth will set you free as they as the saying goes and it seems that most of my guests feel the same way the complexity of creating something from nothing is hard enough that being honest will get stuff done quicker honestly i think this is one of the best acts, aspects of honestly of being at a startup honest feedback along with telling the truth i think is one of the hallmarks of a great entrepreneur as well as a great company i don't think i've ever seen it go wrong those who try and hide the truth, I think will always be at a disadvantage. I, I just can't see it working out for them. It never does, right? Nier in episode 78 is the one that coined this term. And I feel this important part of leading the Entrepreneur Lifestyle. So go, please check out Nier's episode 78. Number 23, everyone has a part to play. The challenge with scaling a company is that as the team grows There will be all sorts of different skill sets and personalities in play, right? For the hard-charging type A's, this can be super frustrating. This is especially true when you as a founder have to assess someone's capabilities that are outside your area of expertise. This is a tough one. (laughs) What most of my guests have found is that they need to keep an open mind and find the best people they can, right? This can be hard, be With hard to qualify things as well, like PR and marketing, where the metrics and the impact are hard to nail down. So a lot of people have had challenges like, how do I hire a f- marketing firm or a PR firm or even a sales firm, right? Cody in episode 80 has a great story about this. John in episode 70, 79 takes this idea to a different level when he talks about who advocates for entrepreneurs. So definitely check those out. Number 24, Clarity over everything else, including your product. We touched on keeping things simple above, and this one takes this to the next level. Clarity of message and thought is is the most important idea to cultivate within an organization. To put it a different way, you want your ideas to be memes, easily reproducible for maximum spread. Clear, concise, and compelling messages are what... Pep talked about in episode 81, and his company, Winter, helps folks do just that. I'm a big, big fan of Winter, and I also am one of their testers. So take that with a grain of salt, but still, he's awesome. (laughs) Number 25, always be cultivating relationships. Networking is another one of those activities that many entrepreneurs stop once they start working on their company, which is a shame. Organizations are built on relationships, and you never know when or with whom your next opportunity will come. Imagine if Jane never reached out to Elizabeth, right? Chances are you would not be listening or reading this right now. The most unlikely episode that explores this is from the lead singer of Prison, Johnny, in episode 84, Katie, episode 82, And James, episode 85, also talk about this. Number 26, start promoting earlier than you are comfortable with. Promotion takes time. Lots and lots and lots of time. A general heuristic that seems consistent among all my guests is it takes about as long and about as much money to promote and market a product as it took to build it. Why, I'm sure some great offerings have done it faster, this seems to jive with what I have seen in the press as well. What this means is that you should consider and do whatever you can to promote your company as soon as you can. Episode 91 with Tracy is a good one to understand the power of PR, as well as episode 94 with Farzat. Number 27, you can never ship too soon. Perfect is the enemy of good enough. This seems to be the hallmark of the move fast and break things startup culture. While I'm sure there are times this is true, most of the time, shipping, right, is much better than shipping nothing. And of course, you got to take your time and hurry up as we talked about before. So again, there's a balance here, right? This attitude, I think, also gives you and your team the discipline to actually figure out what matters. In the end, I think a shipped imperfect product will chump, will trump. Sorry, a perfect product that's delayed every single time. So I think, again, balance here. But it's important that this 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 sort of concept sink in. Episode ninety with Roger talks about this. When we discussed how we pitched a client and then they said yes, then he literally had to create his company, right? Farzad also talks about this in episode 94 as well when we discuss beta testing. A lot of my guests do beta testing to understand their product will perform when customers use it. So, this sort of uh, iterative process is really, really powerful. So, that's it, all 27 of the insights. Thanks to all my guests and listeners. I am so glad that you guys are listening to this. Thanks for spending the time today. I hope all of these 27 actionable insights you can take action on today. Special thanks to my guests, Sean, Angel, Sydney, Jacob, Nick, Sarah Beth, Farzad, Dallin, Swire, Tracy, Roger, Ugi, Barat, Sadal, Kuda, James, Johnny, Phil, Katie, Pep, Cody, John, Near, Sam, Dan, Jan, Trav, Dylan, Christina, Dustin, Eric, Tim, Nelly, Brendan, Lee, Nicole, Robert, Priya, Stan, Jared, Michelle, Ozzy, Amon, Bell, Ash, Doug, Jerry, Phil, Philip, Dontisha, Chris, Nate, Janet, Manu, Neville, Roy, Shana, Claudius, Adam, David, Denise, Jay, Mark, Rio, Melinda, John, Nadine, Jeremiah, Dillip, Brady, Joe Lynn, Jennifer, Kurt, Tom, and Tom, and Gregory, and Ben, and Joanna, and Richard, and Amupam, Nathan, Amandeep, Amy, Mark, Marvin, Jared, Greg, Kevin, Nathan, Mark, DJ, Candice, Kyrie, Anji, Marvin, Mark, Leslie, Ravi, and finally, my first interview ever, Grant. it was an honor to have you on the show. I'm sorry. I might've messed your names up. That was a long one. But before I end on all this, I want to say thanks once again to Alyssa Colton. She does all my show notes. And honestly, without her help and awesome eye for detail, literally none of this would have happened. So she really helps me out a lot. So thanks again, Alyssa. Thanks for everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. And I hope You can take some actions on these 27 actionable insights I learned from interviewing 100 entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list, by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter, at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better.